Hey everybody, welcome to Campus Comics Cast, coming to you from Carbondale, Illinois, with special guests from the Campus Comics crew. And now, here's your host, the man with the previews in hand, Mike No. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of uh, Campus Comics Cast here inside Campus Comics. Um, in Carbondale, Illinois, I'm Mike No, uh, your host of sorts, I guess, not really, but co-host, um, the owner-operator here at Campus Comics, and uh, joining me to go through a few extra things tonight are... Scott Reed. And Dan Brown. Um, this is one of the episodes where we don't talk about the preview stuff, we're going to be talking about, it's going to be a lot of topics, you know, pretty random stuff, just kind of stuff that's on each of our minds maybe a little bit and then just talk about a couple of books are out you know and uh, a review um so hopefully you'll enjoy this kind of want to start off with yet another unfortunate passing within the industry of uh, norm brayfogle who to me was the was the definitive batman artist of the 90s you okay. know you know he just kind of that was his his style i never did either? Did anybody ever meet him? Did yeah, either, I, you, I, I met him a few years ago at a con. Okay, uh, you did, Dan. Belleville, where they had those, with a royal con, a royal fest, or something. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, he was there one year, and I met him there and got to talk to him for a while. So. Gotcha. Nice guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, really nice. Um, I, at, you know, I had so I took some books, of course, for him to sign. There was one, and I can't find it now. I can't remember what issue was. It was part of his detective run, and uh, there was a panel at the bottom of a page. It's just sort of a silhouette Batman. We're looking real menacing, and as a kid, that really stuck out to mm -hmm. me. And so I wanted to sign that specific panel. And when I showed up, what it was, he's like, "What? Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, why do you want me to sign this?" Uh -huh. I'm like, "Right there." And now I can't find the issue. Now. Uh -huh. Oh it, yeah, of course. right. But oh yeah, just yeah, he was you know basically when the '89 Tim Burton Batman movie came mm -hmm. out, he was doing Batman. Yes. So like, there's mm -hmm. a generation of guys my age got into this stuff then and he was the batman artist right you know it was basically him and jim aparo back then alternating mm -hmm. between the books right and just such a really cool edgy yeah style like really kind of brought up the sort of symbolism of the bat that batman yes. uses yeah because you always do crazy capes yes. you know yeah. i always just do those crazy just capes so just really good silhouette work yeah really so many times like, like making him look like a bat right you know what i mean in yeah a really cool way yeah and it was and it was you could tell it was it wasn't a limit to his ability at all it was just a style oh, yeah, choice no, because because uh -huh. you know he so many times he just drew the head in yeah. a silhouette with the white slit eyes you know right. and that's that's just like he drew it but i just remember one specific panel is it's kind of a lower angle up of batman and robin on a rooftop kind of sideways yeah. like that just a gorgeous gorgeous drawing you know, so, I mean, it was just the, his style of choice, very moody and everything else. And it's just unfortunate that, again, you know, one of the, those creators, we've lost him. You know, I know he had a stroke, stroke a few years yeah. ago, and he was no longer able to draw, yeah. you know. And so that, that was the other thing, too, back when that happened, was mm -hmm. they had already solicited a collection of his Batman work. And mm -hmm. DC put it out earlier because of that. You right. Know, he would be getting royalties from that and stuff. And right. so it's like, that's something good they did mm -hmm. to kind of help him out some. And there's another volume of it coming out now, too, pretty soon. Right. So, again, so, if you're not familiar with his work, it's definitely it, worth picking It's up. really good. Didn't he create Anarchy? Was that him? Yeah. yeah. Him, and, mm -hmm. him and Alan Grant created a lot of characters. Mm -hmm. A lot of the, the sort of more modern rogues gallery. Scarface and Ventriloquist are them. Right. Uh, Ratcatcher's in there. Huh. Uh, yeah. Cadaver, which I don't think anybody cares about anymore. Right. Cool characters, as who's on Gotham. Oh, yeah, with always hashtagged his, or hash marked himself yeah. as victims. And, uh, so he was part of Legend of the, that first issues of, was that Shadow, Shadow the Bat? Shadow, Shadow the Bat. Shadow the Bat. Yeah. The last yeah. Arkham, which And I that's what I was trying to think of earlier with uh, yeah. and, the cover uh, art. Who looked, you know, Zaz looked a lot more like Jeffrey Dahmer back then. <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of in the air mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. so. uh, but yeah, a lot of really good stories. And, you know, part of the reason they created so many characters was Alan Grant wasn't that familiar with the Batman status quo at the time. So he just made his own characters instead of messing around with <laughs> established continuity. But yeah, yeah, some good Joker stories in there, though, too. A good pe couple good Penguin stories and mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going back and looking at some of his work again since he passed. And yeah, yeah just really cool, influential stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame he's gone. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, not that my grief is greater than anybody else's. And we talked about this the other sure. day was just like, when you meet these people, it, it impacts you more. Yeah. It's sometimes as people, yeah, not just art, you know, experience with somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah. And I was, 
you know, kind of going through. And he he also did the Great Birth of the Demon hardcover, which I'm That's pretty right. sure you can't get now. It's out of print, but it's like the origin of Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. And there's just a great, you know, spoilers. There's a great scene where the big fight with them at the end. Ray shoves a shovel into Batman's chest. Mm-hmm. And on the next page, he gets back up with that shovel sticking out of his chest <laughs> into a big two-page spread. And I had Norm Bradfogel sign right on those pages. <laughs> when I met him. Uh, and yeah, and again, that was like sort of a more painted kind of book he did. He kind of alternated with that now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say, I've seen some people going on about how Holy Terror is their favorite book. And I don't ever want to hear that because people <laughs> ragged on that book since it came out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that's your favorite Batman story now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and again, he also, you know, did Prime with the Ultraverse. And there's been some controversy about that lately. But, you know, it's not because of him. You know, and it's too bad it's kind of overshadowed that book mm-hmm. now. But, you know, some good work from him, too, that he did there. Um, you know, Batman's kind of the standout thing of his career, and they did right. a black and white statue a while back. Mm-hmm. Oh, a really Batman cool cape, too. of yeah. course, as it should be. Should have been bigger. Oh, yeah, but, but you know, the boxes can only be so big. Yeah, it's cool, but yeah, so, it's a shame he's it's, gone. He's, yeah, you know, so, one artist I really like. Yeah, so rest in peace, Mr. Brayfogle. We'll, yeah. Okay. All right, so next on the agenda, we're going to talk about a book that uh, got a lot of attention and a yep. lot of buzz within the last month or so and to me for all the wrong reasons yep and uh, it's uh, the batman damned the first of the oh is the guy gonna get us explicit no. okay no, no. <laughs> but that's the name of the book it's i can't it, help that's it. that's title the book yeah there you go there you go so so uh the first of the uh, black label books from dc written by brian azarello and you know, all art all the way through by Lee Bermeo, which is always a good oh, thing. so good. Yeah, so amazing. So again, as I'm sure you know, this book got a lot of attention for some overexposed Batman parts. You know what I mean? And that's like... The utility uh, belt? Yes, yeah. exactly. So, <laughs> the ref- what they're referring to as the Battlewing? Is yeah, that what we're referring yeah, to this as? It is. Yeah. So that's all the attention it got. But I got to tell you what, that's sad and i'm sure brian azarello he's drawing his paycheck so he's doing okay the book sold out mm-hmm. and of course the attention's good but it would be a little annoying to be brian azarello because nobody's talking about the story yeah that's, that's a shame because this is a really it's solid really story. good it's so good mm-hmm. and i can't wait for the next issue and they keep pushing it back <laughs> right yeah so yeah i think uh to me it's kind of a spiritual sequel to the joker yeah you know you know joker uh, graphic novel that Azrael and Bermeo oh, okay. did back in the day. It kind of seems like to me this happened in that same you know well, timeline. Uh, to me, it felt more like a, a Killing Joke sequel because they even referenced Killing Joke yeah, in, they the, in the beginning of the story. So mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking more lines of Killing Joke than than something else. So myself. Gotcha. I don't, any, anything they do, especially with this design of Batman, I just feel like is in their own kind of pocket right. world, uh-huh. you yeah. know, with them. Uh, and yeah, if you like the Joker book, definitely pick this up because you're going to like this. Right. But it, but it's definitely a book that, you know, it's got some supernatural overtones, you know, which yeah. which annoys some people, but I think it's perfect for Batman, you know. I don't know if they like their Batman more grounded or whatever. I feel but like that's part of it, but I feel like you can do that kind of stuff with Batman too mm-hmm. it's just keeping it street level I think is the important thing with right that. I mean that's also like saying I don't want Batman in the Justice League because they go off world and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that mm-hmm. you know it's that similar kind of thing and again they've done stuff like that with Batman you know with magicians and things that maybe wasn't as good as it could have been right so I think that's probably what people are really reacting mm-hmm. to even if they don't realize it Right, but it's like, yeah, this is a solid story. Uh, John Constantine shows up, yeah. in it, so you got Bermejo drawing some awesome trench coats. Yeah, <laughs> so but yeah, I feel like his art just keeps getting better. Oh yeah, the artwork is tremendous. I have a huge problem with the lettering in this book. Oh really? I, I thought a lot of it was difficult to oh, read. Are you talking about the specific narration? Font? Yes, that yeah, was could, very difficult that. to read uh-huh. at uh-huh. times. And that, that just really, really bothered me in this. I think it really detracted from the story for me, at least. I, I, I understand why you're saying that. This is something I just kind of deal with in my day job quite a bit with different <laughs> fonts and things. So, yeah, it took me a second to kind of get into it. But after that, I was fine. But I can totally see why someone would say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there were times where I was having to, like, you had to stop and like really really concentrate yeah. on to figure out what what the text was on some of the pages yeah, for me right. that's the thing like lettering is very important it's mm-hmm. an important part of the process it wouldn't be there if you didn't need it yeah. mm-hmm. but lettering should not distract from yeah. the story right should and whenever you notice yeah, yeah when you and notice this, that and this is something that got bigger than the 90s 
when you know computer lettering came into being mm-hmm. and you had all these crazy sound effects and different yeah. things that were hard to read mm-hmm. and kind of getting in the way but yeah right it's something we shouldn't be doing with in 2018 <laughs> that's true and then and then a second big detraction for me on this story was the portrayal of thomas wayne and oh, a did lot that of this, you? Yeah, yeah i just i just didn't think that was true was to the a, character was crazy about really that they did yeah. a similar thing in the telltale game i wasn't a fan of either yeah gotcha. okay so. huh. but i guess this is not you know i guess it's not considered part of the official batman yeah, the continuity not, so it's not canon right. but yeah it's I kind mean, of freedom to tell their own stories yeah. and i didn't re- that didn't really bother me because i guess it's at least exploring a little bit more about the man thomas wayne you know mm-hmm. it seems like 95 percent of his comic book appearances are just replays of him getting killed killed yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so it's just like to see him do something different yeah. maybe not be and again i understand your objection to it but you know to portray him is not necessarily the, the ideal father uh, yeah or the faithful husband or yeah the, <laughs> yeah right. you know it's yeah. uh, and again who knows there might be more to that story yeah, yeah. because something's definitely going on right. you know because mm-hmm. you know the upshot of this book basically is you know they find the Joker's dead, and basically it comes down to Batman's a prime suspect. Right. He can't prove he's lost memory, you know, the time and everything. Right. So mm-hmm. Constantine serves as the narrator to the story, and then whenever he's calling Alfred for help, he gets Constantine instead. So you got John Constantine, you got Dead Man, you mm-hmm. got you know. Super- this is I'm assuming this is the Spectre here. Is that who we're supposed to take the homeless man as? That's kind of what I took. You know. That, oh. he's, that he's chasing, and then you kind of see him go into the tunnel. And tunnel, yeah. Face. Okay, and, and I thought that was weird that Batman stops pursuing him at that point, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, 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 really bizarre. It's just like then it just cuts away, you know. And right. So like, yeah. It was it was just weird from a tor- storytelling right. perspective that mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't even that didn't even occur to me. Um, I need to get to that page and review that. Yeah, and really just take a, take at, a closer oh, look at that. So yeah. and then we have Zatanna later on. Right. Story too. And again. <laughs> I kind of like these redesigns. They're more grounded, street-level mm-hmm. kind of interpretations of these characters. A pretty gruesome dead yeah, man. Yeah, dead man's pretty gross. You know, yeah. I mean, the Kelly Jones one I always felt was kind of the definitive kind of revamped dead man, but mm-hmm. this one's pretty, yeah. you know, cool, too. So. I mean, I guess, I guess I can see where you think that might would be the Spectre, but man, that is it is in no shape, form, or fashion obvious if that is supposed right. to be the Spectre. And you, and you didn't pick up on that when you were reading no, it? No, no. Uh, to me, it was just like he hit a tunnel and it's like he gives up. Oh, and so okay. That's how I took it. Yeah. It's like, I can, I can kind of see a face in the middle. Yeah, there, and, you can, tunnel, and you can so. see it. And I, and I, I, can, I can see how someone would miss that, though, too, yeah. for sure. I, mean, I remember seeing the face, but then it was like, next thing you know, he's, he's back at the Batcave. Right. It's just like... Was that the entrance to the Batcave? That wasn't the entrance to the Batcave. I don't. <laughs> no. Of course, that also is the page before the infamous, uh, the right. infamous right. image, which, I, because of the the value that book has gone up, I decided not to crack open my copy and actually just went and got it digital so I could <gasps> so I could flip through this. And hey, hey, I, I picked up my copy <laughs> from uh, oh, Campus Comics. Yeah, but the digital version is uh, not that you can see what I'm holding up, but it's it's <laughs> actually been censored. Yeah, not censored; it's just been darkened. You know, right. so uh, um, my my real thing with that right now is suddenly, uh, from DC's point of view, this is a being labeled a production error. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me <laughs> that. Yeah. Me that. Yeah. People no. proofread these books. This is a Absolutely. high profile launch of a new line. They knew what they were doing. They knew Absolutely. what they would do. It's very them. calculated. Don't yeah. don't backtrack now yeah. on this. Mm-hmm. And I personally think that that's a mistake. If even if it was a conscious decision to do that with these characters, mm-hmm. that is not something you're going to do with your with Superman, Batman, or heaven forbid this had been Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. That right. This, that this had happened with um, that. That's just not how you treat your main characters. I, I was talking to somebody at Saluki Comic Con about this and I was saying, you know what, that's what the internet's for. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's not what, you know, you're you shouldn't do that to your high profile characters. I mean imagine if Marvel did that to Captain America or or, or Iron Man or, you know They did it with Spider Man. Yeah, they did it with yeah. Spider Man yeah. and Rain. Oh yeah, back in the day. Okay. Yeah. Of course he was a so. decrepit old man at yeah, that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. but uh yeah, so anyway, I just, so. I just I just don't think you should do that with your with your bread and butter characters. Yeah. So yeah. Any, gotcha. I mean, you know, they got the publicity one. They had the late night shows joking about it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, so yeah, you can't tell me this wasn't calculated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, but again, a good first issue to a good, was good. story. So, yep, I liked it. I'm ready for lines. the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll probably read the next one, but I'm not. You're not. Sold I'm on not it. sold on it. Yeah, I just, right. I just, there's just too much, too much distraction for me, you know. And gotcha. I feel like too. The other part of that is that we haven't mentioned is the format's bigger. Right. Yeah. A typical book. 
Uh, and historically, those are hard sells. Mm-hmm. Those people are hesitant to buy them. Where am I going to keep it? Do yep. I, I don't got bags of boards for this. I don't have a box for this. Mm-hmm. You know, so how's it fit into your yeah. collection? Yeah, because essentially it's magazine sized. Yeah, is what it comes down to. A and little larger. I feel like but... the controversy overrode that hesitation. And yeah, people picked it up regardless. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so they pushed the whole black label as as things that have not been done in comics before, mm-hmm. right? right? But there's nothing I saw innovative here. I mean, do, do you really find any of this innovative? I My beef with that is when Scott Snyder was first hinting at this mm-hmm. line, it was like some revolutionary thing, like format-wise. Yeah. And I'm like, what are they going to be round? Gonna, they're never going to yeah. pan out with no. that. Uh-huh. You know, pe- creators, you know, I understand being excited about a new project you're working on and being part of this high-profile line. Mm-hmm. But don't sell me the moon with this stuff. Right. They're not, you know, they, make, comic they make a certain product. They know what sells. They know what they're doing. You know, what's innovative at this point? Is there yeah. an online component to this? Yeah. Is right. there, you know, some kind of interactive aspect to this mm-hmm. is there an app to go along with this right where i get behind the scenes info or something seems mm-hmm. like that'd be easy enough yeah. to do right this this to you me know. is just like the marvel and dc graphic novels that we had in the yeah. 80s and 90s so i guess yeah. what's old is new again yeah it's just we're getting it in a three issue series before we get a collection don't act like there's not going to be a trade of this mm-hmm. right I, they you know originally it had hinted that they would do a second printing where they've you know sort of covered up the art they've said now they're not doing that mm-hmm. but you know we're going to get a collection of this yeah, right for up. sure all right so that all we've got to say about the damn grade in it are we going to grade them oh yeah, yeah, yeah i can do that yeah uh i'll give it a uh i'll give it a very fine plus yeah, I'll probably go very fine on it too. I'd probably be going near men if it wasn't for the controversy. Yeah, you know, it just distracts from kind of cheapened good, it a bit. A good book, I think. I'm yeah. like at fine minus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the lettering distracted so much for me, really? and I just the the me the with story. the wonky eyes. I'm the only guy yeah. that have trouble reading. Maybe that's <laughs> why, you know. And then the, <laughs> maybe that's that's the font you need for everything. <laughs> I thought the story was a little not. It didn't. It wasn't necessarily easy to follow at points. So. Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about, I don't know how Dan feels already, so get ready. You may have to hit that flip button there. <laughs> but uh, the next one we're going to talk about is the first issue of uh, DC's latest uh, crossover event, or whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, it's not a crossover because no, it isn't. It's, it's just a, just a it's a self-contained thing. Yeah. But it's like I guess saying story. that high-profile story right now. universe-spanning thing. I guess yeah. you know. I guess it is. You know next in their crisis line depending you know if you look right. at identity crisis and all that but of course we're talking about scott snyder's uh, heroes in uh, crisis tom, tom, king. tom, tom king. kings i'm sorry snyder so be much so upset if it were scott snyder writing this. <laughs> right but yeah it is tom king writing uh, heroes in crisis now we had talked about this on previous podcasts only from the perspective of being solicited in the mm-hmm. uh, previous magazine so now the first issue is out and uh, i i have read it and um I don't know, Scott. You want to start this one and see how you? Oh uh, well, I, it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just it's just I don't know. It's kind of weird. I just, you know, you have this this uh, lead up where we have this sanctuary that we've not heard anything else about, right? In the entire 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 since rebirth. All right, so that is just something that's totally totally all of new. Is there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then of all the people that are kind of overseeing this, you have people like Harley Quinn and Booster Gold. So I feel like they're just putting in characters that they just don't want to do with at this point. You know, um, they don't do, you know, like the first time you see this, this, uh, uh, I don't even know what the name of the watcher for, the, not the watcher, but the person who's over sanctuary, the suit, the kryptonite, or the krypton, uh, Kryptonian robot. Yeah. Basically. I, I, the, that's, I think that's sanctuary. So yeah. They, don't they refer to both the place and this the, uh-huh. robot as sanctuary? Okay. So maybe the first time you see them, they're apparently distro- laying on the ground deceased or mm. whatever deceased is for this, uh-huh. for this, uh, being. So I don't, I mean, but yeah, I, I'm not yeah. super impressed with this at mm-hmm. this point. Um, uh, and it just like the, the and I guess I, I read Harley under Amanda Connor and yeah. Jimmy Palmiotti for a long time. It doesn't, doesn't feel like that Harley Quinn, the one yeah. that I've gotten used to for Rebirth. Mm-hmm. The fact that, you know, okay, so the big intro scene is you have Harley and Booster uh, coming in a diner and they're yeah. sitting there talking and then all of a sudden just <laughs> Harley goes crazy, you know, yeah. which I can understand Harley going crazy, but like if this was, there was a trigger, it should have been from before and not during mm-hmm, not this so, whole thing yeah yeah i mean <coughs> sanctuary you know just for sake of you know 
narrative or whatever is mm-hmm. you know a place as we've talked about before you know obviously the whole upshot of this is that superheroes pretty much their lives consist of fighting 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 and more fighting so that's gonna take a toll on anybody with a normal psyche you know so that's what this is it's about is a place for heroes to go and recuperate basically from ptsd mm-hmm. you know therapeutic and it's all it's been put together we find out through the course of the story by dc's trinity, trinity. you know mm-hmm. batman superman wonder woman um you know they all have different out outlooks on why it has to exist or why it does exist and basically like you know scott said the first thing we the first time we ever see sanctuary it's just the site of a slaughter mm-hmm. you know and um i don't know as i will be the first to admit that the only harley quinn i have read is the paul dini stuff you know like mad love things like that so i was really and Booster Gold's another, like, not character I'm super familiar with. So, like, I'm kind of thrown in with these characters yep. that I don't know that much about. And everything, I don't know, I was just kind of confused, you know, as I, as I got into it, as maybe we should be. And we'll, you know, explore it and find out more as we go along. But, uh, but I don't know how I felt, you know. So I can't give it a ringing endorsement. It's interesting. No. I'll, I'll read the next issue just because what's happening. Yeah, what's, trying know? to figure out exactly what's going on. Apparently, yeah. the, I don't know, the solicits for the second issue imply that Harley's going to go toe-to-toe with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. And she's going to be able to last more than like three seconds against them. Right. Which, you know, that kind of seems absurd. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I guess they, you know, we're, we got that in the hands of Tom King, so maybe... We can get something out of that, or this could be another Batman wedding type yeah. of, a, of a story thing going on. So, so, so the thing about it is, Sanctuary or whoever it is is not the only character that's dead that's been slaughtered at the scene. You know, these these other characters like Hotspot, Hotspot, um, Blue Blue Jay, Blue Jay. Uh, there was yeah. one I couldn't. Oh yeah, these yeah. are all pre-existing characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot, well, except for the Hotspot. except for Sanctuary, right? There's Steel, Hotspot. Oh, yeah, I thought that was supposed to be Sanctuary. Because it looks like the same mask. Well, I think it's like a lot of the caretakers. I don't think Booster Gold and Harley are overseers. I think okay. they were admitted. They were admitted. I, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're probably uh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I'm pretty sure that's Citizen Steel. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Citizen Steel. Yep. And who's the green guy? So I couldn't figure out who the green the guy green was. Green guy's familiar, but I cannot place him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, okay. So I'm glad I'm not the only one then. Yeah. So. No, these are definitely characters that are expendable. Yeah. yeah. According to DC. But, but yeah, for when you well two when you actually two of them when you get inside right because uh-huh. then two of yeah. them that are inside are Arsenal, which was you Roy, know Speedy uh, or Red Arrow or yeah. whatever you want to go, and yeah. then Wally West Flash uh-huh. right, and he was the the impetus yeah for the whole rebirth, rebirth. Yeah. and yeah, they haven't really this, done anything with him is, yet. This is where I take issue. With yeah, this. okay. Well, I'm right there with you. So uh, yeah, he was you know symbolizing the return of hope to the DC universe. Mm-hmm. That was just over two years ago. Uh huh. Where's that at now? How right. does this play into the bigger rebirth storyline they're supposedly doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, the real kick of this is they just fr- finished up the Flash War story in Flash, and they said to continue Wally's story, check out Heroes in Crisis number one. <laughs> yeah. If that's not a below the bunch. Below the belt punch. Uh-huh. I don't know what is. Yeah. The- uh, Wally West is my Flash. Growing up, you know that's you know Team Wally. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> uh, I was really excited when they brought him back. You know, I don't know what you get from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know it feels like they don't know what to do with the character. I feel mm-hmm. like that's why they you know altered him to begin with the new Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just there are these characters and standadios been in charge you know we're, we have the legacy characters that were so important for so long and even according to mark wade wally is the sidekick who made good he's the only sidekick who fulfilled the promise of what a sidekick is supposed to do and that's continue the fight after the hero's gone mm-hmm. he's the only one who did that and now this important character in dc's history is just getting the short end of the stick Mm-hmm. You know, and just to be killed off page like this is right. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's very disrespectful to the legacy of that character. Mm-hmm. 
And the you know the real pain is it's probably not permanent. No, right? Yeah, yeah. actually, they'll bring back Wally West even sure. if it's not this story or something. So it's like, what do you gain from this? Right. Other than just shuffling him aside because you don't know what to do with him right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bringing back Donna Troy. How's she not a part <laughs> of this with them? Right. Or, them, him, and Roy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's ridiculous, and it's really this really rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, it's a funny book. I get it. You yeah, know, yeah. All, you know, it's but, a business. But do you think there's anything? You know, do you think there's any Manhattan workings going on? Maybe where I mean, think you know, know what I mean? Is, it's just this is, I, this is present day. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think so. That's you know, true. Yeah, that's MJ true. Clock is in the near future or whatever. That's you know, right. What was it Good next point. year? We kind of figured out. Yeah. Two yeah. Months ago on the podcast. Uh huh. But it's huh. just like, how does this work into yeah. that, and why do this? Right. You yeah, know? and the real the real pain for me with this story is they're setting it up as a murder mystery, mm-hmm. and already you get Booster says Harley he saw Harley uh-huh. do it. Harley, Harley says she saw Booster, Booster do it. it. That yeah. means neither. Yeah, neither one of these high profile DC characters killed all these guys. Mm-hmm. Someone's messing with their minds, right? And guess what? Sanctuary workers wear a mask that looks like the Psycho Pirate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tom King already used him in his Batman run. Don't act like we're not getting a rebooted Psycho Pirate out mm-hmm. of this. <laughs> it's such a bait and switch that DC does anymore. Right. With their mystery stories. Mm-hmm. Going back to Armageddon 2001, I think, mm-hmm. where it was supposed to be Captain Adam, yeah. and it leaked out, so they changed, changed it last it. minute. They did it with Batgirl. It was supposed to be Huntress, it, or, you know, and it leaked out, so it was Renee Montoya during No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. DC has a history of doing this, and this is just another example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell me that at the end of this story, Booster Gold killed all these guys. Right, They're yeah. They're never going to do that. Mm-hmm. Or, or Harley yeah, killed or all of them. That's, yeah. And mm-hmm. she's a villain, and they still won't do, with it, do mm-hmm. that with a character that's that popular. Right. You know, and so it's just like, okay, you know, and I feel like, yeah, it's got the PTSD story. That's important. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just overshadowed here. But right, you kill you off know. all the people who are suffering yeah, from it, exactly. and so you don't get to tell their story about it, you know. Right. One thing I just I just want to point this out because the first time I read the book I didn't notice it. I read I read both these issues that we reviewed tonight twice, and like on the the first scene where you see those crows, I didn't realize the first time I went through that they were actually munching on Blue Jay. I don't know if you, uh, you actually uh, see his yeah, his mask in there because he, he shrinks. Yeah, so yeah, I, I didn't yeah. realize that they had uh, been eating him. So yeah. it's like a little you know a little graphic there on that scene once you realize what's actually yeah. what's actually happening there. Mm-hmm. And then of course on the next page they. You know, show you the mask, so you know, you know that it's actually him. Um, but yeah, I was a little, yeah, yeah, a little disappointed in it as well. So it, <laughs> maybe it's all gonna be a, just a murder mystery party. Maybe right. that's all what it was. That's it. Yeah, there you go, like a murder mystery theater th- theater dinner party. Yeah, there you go. Oh gosh. They'll, yeah. They'll all, everybody will stand up at the end, and uh, but I think we're all. I don't know. I hope we get. I hope maybe we get a cool booster gold book spinning out of this at the end. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this this just takes Tom King down another notch for me after the Batman wedding fiasco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing too, this uh, and this is this is minor, you know. But whenever the 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 you know the big three are standing in that room and and Batman doesn't know what a puddler is. And yeah. Wonder Woman has to explain I, that. I feel like that's to give Wonder Woman something, something to do. To do. Yeah, yeah, but I just felt like that was just yeah. not in character again. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just the, all there's those little things. Said, no. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah there's just all those little things that just seem out of out of character for mm-hmm. some yeah. some of the characters don't that tell me Batman we have. Doesn't have Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't know, he's, no, like he's not asking. He's not asking. You know, yeah. he's <laughs> he'll he'll you know. Hey, Alfred, look this up for me. Yeah. You know. Uh, having said that, though, I really like Clayman's art in this. Yeah, oh, it, it looks really, really good. It looks yeah, good. it you know, looks I hope, really I hope good. He does some more better books for DC. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, so rate it. Uh, very good minus. Yeah. I don't know, around three five, I guess is what that would be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd go about the same. Yeah, poor. Poor. Well, wow. you're this. going the one point Not even fair. He's Clay, going poor. Clayman's art's the only redeeming quality of this book. I'm not interested. Uh, if we continue to talk about this on the podcast, I'll read it. That's the only way I'm picking it. Up. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably wait for the trade you know, at this point. Right. This, and uh, you know, a reduced price trade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna pay full price for this one in trade. Right. Did you read the Green Lantern at the end? Yeah. I wasn't super uh, impressed with it either. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it's a. I did not. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like a little four or five page, you know, preview, preview. of what's coming. Morrison's so, Green Lantern. Yeah. yeah. I'm so. looking forward to Morrison's Green Lantern, though. More than yeah. the next issue of this? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like there's not much you're not looking yeah. forward to. Yeah. <laughs> I already saw something. 
Uh, I can't think of what it was now, of course, but I already saw something in the solicits that sounded really interesting, some new concept he was going to do with Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Of course, I can't remember what it is now. Right. So, okay, uh, moving on. I think this next one is just for me and my perspective on a little topic. So um, just as a retailer, you know, initially whenever they announced that uh, DC was going to have some uh, Walmart-exclusive comics, um, I was okay with it, you know, because initially they were going to, you know, they were saying mostly it's going to be reprints in the 100-page, you know, giant size format. And then we found out we were going to get the, you know, the Tom King Superman story and the Bendis Batman, Bendis Batman yeah. story in there. Twelve, It's what, 12 pages in yeah. each issue, something like that. And that was going to be just exclusive to Walmart. It's like, oh, okay, that stinks a little. But yeah, and they said they would collect it and trade, trade, make that available, make that to available retailers. But now you know it's just like it's just like okay, maybe somebody will get in there. You know, kid or something pick this up. I want more of this stuff where I can find it, find the local retailer. You know, and I don't, I'm sure most people know that you know since the '90s, um, basically comic books or specialty market for specialty stores such as campus comics and it's not really available in mass market uh specifically like walmart's and things like that you know especially for first run stuff yeah you know so but now they've announced that there's going to be the swamp thing story that's going to be exclusive to the to the walmart books and then they expanded on that a little bit now target's going to have exclusive comic books and a toy line that's exclusive to amazon you know so I don't know. You know, I'm trying not to take this personal. Well, maybe it will lead to an expanded customer base, you know, to come in. But, you know, we've, you know, and I've only owned the store for two and a half years. You know what I mean? It's just like, but these guys that have hung in there, you know, you know, Campus Comics has existed for much 35 years, you know, but I've mm-hmm. only, and I've been involved since 2000, but only as the owner for two and a half. And it's just like, I don't know. It just feels just as like another I don't know, just starting to feel like you're getting poked in the eye a little bit. You know, they're not really, like, selling you out, throwing you under the bus, but they're just kind of starting to poke you in the eye a little bit, you know, and just kind of stick it in your face a little bit more. And it's just like you just wonder, is this going to keep going and eventually go back to mass market comics? You know what I mean? Right. But hopefully there will always be a market, you know, and a, and a place within the industry for specialty shops that are more collector oriented, you know, and we keep our books in better shape than the books that are going to be on the racks at a Walmart or whatever. Yeah. Regardless of how this shakes out, Walmart's never going to replace the comic shop experience. Right. Yes. The dedicated, you know, collector oriented experience that you get at a a store like this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've been picking up the Walmart books when I can find them. Yeah. Our local one doesn't have the latest issues that should have been out two or three weeks ago now. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, comic books aren't Walmart's, Walmart's priority, and I'm pretty sure it's a vendor coming in, putting them out. Yes, so they are. They I've seen them taking them off the shelf care. and putting them back, you, you know. know. Um, and it's like, you know, I'm a Batman completist. I'm going to mm-hmm. get a Batman book. Oh, and I don't begrudge anybody that's you wanting know. to own these books. Yeah. I would just would like to be the guy to sell them to. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It's just like... Yeah, yeah. and that's like, know. if I could get these here, I'd I know you would. You but yeah, but I know collectors but, are going to collect. I get yeah. that. I have no problem with that. First thing I do, though, when I see them, I go through the stack, see which one's in decent shape, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and Batman is popular with the kids. Batman books are the ones that are being torn up, I can tell already, mm-hmm. you know, but again, it's like, I'm trying to keep up on this, and I'm I'm here with my money, where's the book? Right. You know what I mean? I have to go to a different Walmart now to find <laughs> this Walmart exclusive comic book. You know, right. It's kind of ridiculous, and it feels like... This isn't a long-term thing. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, Walmart won't always have comic books. We will. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just wonder about the sustainability of it. You know what I mean? And this can't be a high-dollar thing for them. You know I mean? You know, I don't think it's a lot of... And, and, you know, Walmart dictates prices. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. These books are $5, and DC's filling them with reprint. Oh, yeah. But then, and it just is aggravating, you know, from my perspective, not only this, but then to see how, I think it was Jim Lee and DiDio talking about this, you know, oh, if we, we want 12 books in Walmart. Right, yeah. They they said they're expanding the line. There's got to be a flash book and something else. Yeah. So, So, I don't know. I don't know. It yeah. just kind of sticks in my craw, as no, I they mean, say. I mean, the thing is, though, too, some, someday we'll be talking to a collector who was a kid and picked up one yeah. of these books, and it led him to comics, and yeah. it led him here, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So, so, but yeah, but just one isn't enough. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, 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 exactly. And in, the, and in the short term, it's hard to keep your eye on that when they are mm-hmm. competing. You know, what yeah. Because I, mean? I mean, the other thing is too. I keep hearing more and more guys coming in. You know, like Ollie's. I don't know what Ollie's exactly is. It's apparently is a chain of stores, but people are saying that they're going in and finding all these these trait the graphic novels at Ollie's for like five six dollars you know what i mean and their first print or not like first run stuff you know it's good stuff and then i find you find an article about where dc apparently oh, sidestepped you yeah. know diamond and sold truckloads of these graphic novels directly to this chain right. who is basically out there then liquidating them these are the same books that i try to sell them you know what i right, mean yeah. so it's just yeah. like more and more it just kind of feels like they're just like neglect you know what i mean for the guys that they're, are kind of towed the line for 30 yeah, years well they're they're going after the short-term dollar and not really thinking about the long term yeah. right so yeah they're, they're going to distance the people who are ultimately you know their money makers from the book publishing uh-huh and then if they don't want they don't want to have to live with just walmart because then they yeah. oh yeah they're having then their terms dictated control yeah. anymore exactly yeah. so and that's a big you mistake. got 90s marvel again mm-hmm. who's struggling dc to keep won't ahead. be publishing 52 books if they can no live no walmart. yeah no right uh-uh. yeah for sure so anyway that's my rant so i'll be quiet <laughs> now another thing that uh within the last month or so that happened and I think Dan's the only one who's got the experience with this. Just want to get his like initial take on it, and that's the uh, DC Universe app. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, hopefully, happier news mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Here. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. a whiner. So I've I've subscribed to the DC Universe app. Uh, it launched right before Batman Day, so it's we're just under a month right now. Um, and as we're recording this, we're just I think two days away from the Teen Tight or the Titan Show, excuse me, premiering. Mm-hmm. So again, I haven't seen that yet. Um, so basically, I've just kind of been going through the app. Uh, a lot of DC content. There, you know, there are movies and TV shows. Uh, there's comic books. There's sort of an encyclopedia wing of this, uh, and there's like a store with exclusive merchandise and things like that. And there's community, but I feel like that's kind of the least important aspect of this with social media being so prevalent anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're here for the movies and shows and comic books, basically. Uh, so I'm a hardcore DC guy, have been for about 30 years. I own a lot of DC stuff. I own a lot of the stuff that's on this <laughs> app already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have DVDs, Blu-rays of it and stuff like that. But, you know, so that was, and that was kind of my hesitation originally when they were promoting this app. They're showing all this stuff. It's like, I own all this stuff. They're showing comic books. I have those original comic books. So, but once it launched and once I got into it, I had to dig a little deeper than I think the casual fan would need to. But there is some stuff I haven't seen on here. Uh, I kind of went through the movies and shows and figured out there's only X amount of this stuff I haven't seen. I can go through this and watch all this, and at some point I will be caught up on this app, mm-hmm. which I will never do with Netflix or no, Hulu yeah, or something right. like that. So, but, you know, again, it's a you know more immersive, you know, DC experience. Um What's a, what's a cost a month? What I pre-ordered, and so okay. I get the annual one in three free months. Okay. So, but the annual subscription typically is seventy-five. Mm-hmm. I want to say the monthly is seven ninety-nine. Okay. So it's sort of like I think that's comparable to I think what's the cheapest Netflix, Netflix plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, not the amount of content that's no, on Netflix no. either. That's the other part of that. So mm-hmm. it is it is limited. So I can see how that you know people may not think it's worth it because of that. I'm hardcore DC, you know, when people ask, are you Marvel or DC guy? I'm DC, so I'm going to get this. Mm-hmm. You know, when they announced this, I knew I would be getting this. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, though, I'm uh, pretty happy with it. I, you know, don't regret, you know, getting the annual subscription. They're, they've already added some stuff. They've already taken some stuff off oh. because they showed the, they had the 90s Batman movies on there for Batman Day, and they were only up for a couple weeks, and they've already taken those off. So I hope they keep up with letting you know when stuff's about to be taken off. Uh, so it is, you know, where they sort of cycle it out like Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have, you know, a lot of the DC straight-to-DVD cartoons they've done. A lot of those are on there. The Death of Superman that just came out not too long ago was already on there. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even seen that yet, so mm-hmm. I was able to watch that. Uh, they have what they're saying is a selection of comic books of like 2,500 books. I'm going by their number because I'm not sitting there and counting them all. But again, I own more than 2,500 comic books, you know, by DC. So 
I'm not really here for that aspect of it. Uh, and again, I had to dig a little bit to find something I wanted to read. If I don't have a DC comic at this point, I'm probably not interested in it. Right. You know, but that, that's me, you know. Right. Uh-huh. But I did. I dug around a little bit. I did find a couple of things. And that's kind of the other thing, too. The comic reader's a little wonky. And that's the part of this app that should be bulletproof at this point, I would think. You know, mm-hmm. Comixology's been around for how long? For a long time. DC has their own kind of corner of that, the DC Entertainment. Uh, there's others. I feel like this shouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a little bit for me to get the uh, full screen option up to come up on screen. Uh, so I'm reading these on a computer. You know, I don't, I'm not reading these on a phone or a tablet or anything, mm-hmm. so I want full screen. Uh, and then I've had this happen a few times already where I'll get about say three quarters of the way through a book and it'll skip a page and I get a blank screen for a minute hmm. and I have to backtrack and it's it's happened several times now so that's a little iffy and um, the other kind of pain as far as the comics go on this is uh, they've announced this that it hasn't launched yet on the app but they said in October they will have the full catalog available for purchase hmm. so they're going to be hitting you up with microtransactions on this oh. app to buy books oh that they're not just putting on as, as part of the program. Um, I still don't really know why DC doesn't have a program comparable to Marvel Unlimited if they want to go digital. Right. Um, you know, I don't know, you know, digital sales aren't released. We don't know how DC does on this. You assume it has to be profitable for them if they haven't done that at this point. Um, the other thing is... The only original content that's really been put on there yet is their DC Daily Show, which is kind of taking the place of their DC All Access YouTube show. And that's actually a lot better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, there's news. They're talking about the new DC books coming out, new TV shows, products, and stuff. But then there's a sort of a roundtable panel discussion at the end. And so it's the start of the app. They're going through the TV shows and movies that are on the app that, you know, they're encouraging you to watch, you know, of course, because it's their new app. They've put a lot of money into this. Um, but then they get to the 80s Superboy show. <laughs> you know, uh, this was in syndication, and I didn't really have a channel that aired this where I lived back then. I had seen a couple episodes in passing, but it's not a great show, you guys. Yeah. You know, and when the panel came up to talk about Superboy, I'm like, okay, let's let's hear this. Let's hear them lay it on thick for Superboy. There was a disclaimer before that section of the pod of the uh, episode. <laughs> And they were like, yeah, we've come a long way <laughs> since the show. And, you know, I have to give them credit for that because I thought for sure they were just going to really go on about how great this show was. And they don't, you know, and it says, you know, this is the, you know, opinions of the panel, basically, and not necessarily those of DC Entertainment. So I have to give them credit for allowing, you know, their, you know, uh, cast to do that on there because I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's rare you get that from a big media company anymore, yeah, right. you know, just in Actual general. Honesty. Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, good. and they weren't, you know, crapping on it too much, but you got what their opinion of it was. Right. And, you know, it's sort of just a fun, goofy watch anymore, really. Like, mm-hmm. I can only watch it if I'm live tweeting along with it, making fun of it. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, the team, the Titan show is about to start up, mm-hmm. and uh, they aren't, they've announced they're not uh, dropping them all at once like Netflix. They're going to do an episode a week. Mm-hmm. But with all the new shows they have coming up, that will be new content for at least a year. Right. And they've already, I think at New York Comic Con, they released sort of the release schedule for these other shows. And so I think it goes up through about the end of next year already because they've announced a second season of the Titan show already. Mm -hmm. And there's the Doom Patrol swamp thing, Stargirl show coming, the Harley Quinn cartoon, Young uh, Justice. What is there? Kate? Kate, I can't say She's from Big Bang. Big Bang Theory, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) She's also the Priceline girl. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a it's a good experience right now. Uh, if you're a more casual DC fan, this may not be for you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for me to gauge that, you know, just because of the amount of know. content. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm pretty biased about this stuff. So, uh, but you know, I'm fine with it right now. I want to see you know what they do with this Titan show. See what the kind of production quality is of their original content that they're going to be producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast for Doom Patrol sounds really good so far. They just keep announcing people for that. You know, we've got Brendan Fraser. They announced that Matt Bomer guy who they've been oh. trying to get in a superhero thing for years. He was up mm-hmm. for Superman, I think, back with Superman Returns. Right. So he's going to be negative, man. So how much are we even going to see of him? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, and then Timothy Dalton wow. on there, too, and oh, stuff. Wow. So, yeah, they've got some – they're putting the money behind uh, some of these shows, it looks like. 
So, but overall, I think it's a good experience. Uh, I'd probably give it a find right now, just because of the amount of content. Right, we you know, feel different. And there's and there's obviously more stuff coming. Like there's some things that are conspicuous by their absence here. Mm-hmm. Where's the Swamp Thing show? <laughs> you know, who's is Hulu streaming the Swamp Thing show? Right. <laughs> Come on, there's no way that's tied up. Mm-hmm. They are producing a new Swamp Thing show, so you have to assume that around the, the rides, time that yeah. around the time that rolls out, they'll put up the old show and things like that. Mm-hmm. They put up the '80s Supergirl movie the other day. I don't know how many people were clamoring for that, but <laughs> it's there if you want to see it. So I would ex- expect as this goes on to be more comprehensive. The big thing that's lacking, of course, is the CW superhero shows because of their arrangement they already have with Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long that goes on for, but they won't be on here while that's happening. Uh, the other thing, too, is it's only in the U.S. right now. I know international fans are kind of upset. That's what VPNs are for. Yeah. So, <laughs> But they said, too, the Titan show will be released on Netflix overseas. So if you have a Netflix account, you'll be able to watch it like that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's good. Um, there's you know the free trial they do like everything else, so maybe check that out if you're interested and kind of test the waters on it. But I think you know it's something I'm gonna keep around for a while, okay. especially because I already bought it for like right. 15 there months. Yeah, <laughs> not just gonna stop. Uh, watching yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, well we're gonna wrap this episode up with uh, a review and just a little more of more of a discussion. And again, I don't think Dan's up to speed on this, but yeah, I did. I get through the final episodes of Iron Fist Season 2. So, uh, I know Scott's got some notes here and everything else. Yeah. And uh, Initial just thoughts there? It's pretty bad when mediocre is an improvement. Right. You know, it's still a mediocre yeah. show, but that still is an improvement. It did, however, at the end, leave me hopeful for a third season. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of hope if they if they do, and I assume that they're going to continue the character. Right. So I'd have a little bit of hope moving forward, but uh, mm-hmm. I still wish they'd recast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah I, was, I was gonna say it's like you know, for like most people, the first season didn't really do a whole lot for me. Right. Um, in addition to Finn Jones just not being a particularly good actor, mm-hmm. uh, Rosario Dawson's character totally jumped the shark in that season where after you know a, a few days or weeks or months training with calling wings now she's going toe-to-toe with uh with ninjas Damn. in the hand and yeah. i thought that was i just thought that was absurd and then of course defenders didn't do anything to improve my opinion did they even Jones. talk about her character in this season N- uh no yeah. uh i don't remember their, their yeah i don't remember them talking about they might have mentioned her name once yeah you know in passing or something so like finally that. that ship seems to have sailed yeah. so I, i'm i'm you know and i just think that's really more uh reflection of the writing than of Rosario Dawson. Yes. Rosario Dawson is a solid actress, but the her last few appearances have just not impressed me. You know, mm-hmm. Dan joked about <laughs> there needs to be more than her just coming into cage to complain, you know. I mean yeah. it's and, mm-hmm. and we get on there it felt like we can't afford to pay Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson for an entire season, so we gotta write her out of here. Right. You know. So um, and then of course with I got a glimmer of hope, like a lot of people, in that one episode or two episodes in the Cage second yeah. season, where we actually had the Power Man Iron Fist team up. Now, uh-huh. I prefer, in the comics, I prefer solo Iron Fist. I'm in the minority there. Um, I like the Matt Fraction run on Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems pretty obvious to me at this point that for the TV series, if we want to have a decent... Uh, Iron Fist story. It's he needs to be he needs to be teamed up with Cage. Right. Uh, so hopefully moving forward, you know, we'll see more of that team up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Now, episode one, they do try to establish that Finn Jones has actually apparently been practicing martial arts a little bit. So they basically the first scene is a is a fight scene, which is right. actually better than any of his fight yes, scenes. They are it is improved in in the first season. So I feel like he's at least put in some effort. Mm-hmm. You know, he's actually doing kung fu now instead of just practicing tai chi. Right. Uh, and then uh, we also get introduced to Mary, who uh-huh. has been oh spoiled on it. Um, and that's going to be typhoid Mary. Uh-huh. And uh, her initial portrayal is like okay, she's. Obviously, just trying to be Harley Quinn here is is mm. what I when I thought what I you know thought yeah just playing it like it was Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first few episodes pretty slow moving. Uh, you know I wasn't you know, I, for some reason I, I like the character Typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. I don't know the the look in the comics. Kind of I even liked whenever they used her in the Electra movie. Mm-hmm. So which you know everybody loves that movie, <laughs> but uh, I did a different spin on her powers. But I kept thinking all right you know it, it was it was kind of a kind of cool. So I was really looking forward to this. Um, so we're in episode two. 
Were you going to say something? Yeah, didn't they announce, too, like, classic Marvel character coming yeah. back for season two? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a fan base there for Typhoid Mary, yeah. but I don't know if that's the headline you want. No, no. Well, I mean, that might be more a reflection of, because what we did get in place of Rosario Dawson was a lot of Misty Knight. Uh-huh. So we get a lot of Daughters of the Dragon, yeah. which I was pretty was, happy about It was really that. good. That yes. stuff was good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just like, and to me... I don't know. I I just think the two weak points in this show is unfortunately Finn Jones, yep. and I just I was not impressed with Alice Eve in that part either. No. They, she it, was she was started off as Harley Quinn, uh, and then she just became a female Punisher. Yeah, and uh, it was yeah, yeah it was yeah. just like so, and not, neither part was acted convincingly no. either. You know, it was like poor acting jobs yeah. of those two characters. Absolutely, it's just like oh, it was just I don't know. But but it definitely was to me a step up, you know, for mm-hmm. the by the end of the series, not to, you know, steal any thunder or anything, but by the end of the series, I thought the story was really good. Mm-hmm. It's just that the acting, especially from those two characters, was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I even will give it up to I mean, I'll have to admit my experience with uh, Iron Fist season one was such that I had actually almost block, memory blocked the characters of Ward and Joy. Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And whenever they showed up the first time, my initial oh, reaction, yeah. oh, crap, these people. <laughs> you know, but they, they did some okay yeah. character development, you know, the story development. No, no, seriously, no gray boardroom no. boring scenes. I can't imagine there would be yeah. after all the criticism of that. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, that's that. And I felt like, Alice e was stronger in the Walker persona than she was in the Mary persona. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? So um, now one thing that really bothered me, so like, you know, we're into the second episode and still no powers from Typhoid right. Mary. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just like, she's just some, just some guy. And then like Danny's hidden on her. And I think they've kind of established that he's supposed to be loyal to Colleen. And uh-huh. like, and he's a bit of a womanizer in the comic books from time to time, but right. this so that just seemed like you know totally out of out of character. Mm-hmm. One thing was nice in the second episode is we get a, we go a flashback fight between Davos and and Danny Rand, yeah. and they get to actually wear the, the Iron Fist yeah. mask, yeah. but they looked awful. Oh yeah. my gosh, the mask looks so bad. Yeah, and they both were wearing, wearing yellow masks, which that was that was just wrong. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Episode three. I guess we should have said, you know, spoilers, right? But, right. Uh, you know, we that's find out that Joy is the one that's behind Mary showing up and and uh, basically bankrolling uh, Walker. Uh, Danny gets back. He puts a mask on again, but this time, even though they've established he's got the regular yellow mask, he wears a mask that covers the bottom of his face instead yeah. of the top of his head. It's like, why not use the mask? I know, it and it's not like face. they when they walk yeah. into that meeting, it's not like they don't know who he is. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was you know, so it's dumb. just so stupid. It's just like, <laughs> is this just a way to show that this isn't really Finn Jones doing these fight choreography? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And just for just for context for uh-huh. listeners and everybody. This is how far I got into the show. Yeah. I've watched the first three episodes, and that's it. Uh, I'm gonna force my way through this like I did the first season to watch the next season of Daredevil. Yeah. Well, but, just so you know, episode four is when Misty Knight shows up. Yeah. So things really start to turn around in episode four. Now, yeah. Mary, we get the Walker persona moving forward here, so she starts to actually feel like a little bit of a threat. Still no powers. Yeah. Right. Still, still bothers me. And again, we got Misty Knight instead of Claire, so that. I think that helped uh, with, the, a good with the season. I also really got excited when you get uh, Davos opens up this chest uh-huh. and you got another Iron Fist. So now all of a sudden I'm thinking, all right, Matt Fraction, Immortal Iron Fist. They're going to go someplace with mm-hmm. this because I, I love those stories. So we get the, we're getting more about the legacy of the Iron Fist coming through. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Davos now, I guess in episode five, I can't remember exactly whenever he gets the he, he gets actually the fist. steals the fist. Yeah, so yeah. he fills the fist from from Danny. Uh-huh. He gets his own mask, but again, he's wearing a yellow mask. Can we not just put him in a purple mask? Right. You know, I mean, that's or green. I think he's green and purple in the comics. Either one of them, just mm-hmm. to differentiate him. Uh, he has his fist is a different color. It's yeah, red, red instead of, instead of you know the orange that we get for Danny Rand, but. Uh-huh. Uh, um, what else happens here? And he's double fisted. Yeah, oh yeah, and he's two fisted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so instead of just just one, uh, little Easter egg in that episode too. Like any any incident for the police that is related to somebody with superpowers is a six one six. So I'm in a Marvel six one six. So that's yeah. one little one little Easter egg that I caught there. Um, 
Oh, so I guess Danny gets pretty seriously hurt, and then Alice is there, or Walker. I keep saying Alice E, but right. Mary slash Walker is there. And oh, lo and behold, when Danny really needs her, oh, she transforms back to Mary and to goes, Mary. yeah, it goes wandering around. So that was just, you know, poor storytelling on that yeah. part. Just All you have to do to trigger is that. turn on some water, apparently. Yeah, turn on <laughs> some water and do some crazy stuff. So Flashlights. Um, yeah. Misty Knight's still around. So she yeah, hangs, yeah. she actually sticks around for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole lot more interesting with Colleen and Misty yes. than it is with Danny Rand and anything else uh, that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's uh, Simone Missick is who play, plays Misty Knight uh-huh. and Jessica Henwick. Who's who plays Colleen Wing? Mm-hmm. And I think definitely Simone Mystic is the the better of the two actresses, but I feel like that she brings Weezes up she up. brings absolutely. up Jessica Henwick's acting. Yeah. And they definitely feel like their fight scenes are so much better oh, than any any yeah. of the any of the Finn Jones fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for them, but that doesn't bode well. Yeah. Right. Iron no. I mean, no. is, so at this point I'm thinking, okay, Iron Fist season three, Daughters of the Dragon. I'm, uh-huh. I would be all I, in. I, I would be what, all I in. I want for that. that or Heroes for Hire. Yeah, yeah. Either, yeah. Either, you know. And I, at this point, I'd really have I'd really have Daughters of the Dragon than Heroes yeah. for Hire. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this was kind of a nitpick thing, but you know, that while he's not the master of kung fu, that was Shang, you know, Shang Chi. But but uh, really, Colleen is training Danny now at this point. I, what what? Okay, what? he was injured. He yeah. was injured. So then, but, apparently, you forget everything yeah. when you're injured. So, you know. It was just crazy, and in, in, in case you know, he's a superhero. She's not a superhero, so I, I don't know. That was just kind of a little, you know, out character mm-hmm. moment there. Again, that's just writing that goes on for like a couple episodes. Yeah, where she's training him, uh-huh. um, and physically he's there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So I would have yeah. been, you know, all the time that we get. You know, with the Daughters of the Dragon is so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, we're up to episode nine now, still no typhoid Mary powers, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing going on. Hey, Turk does show up though. Turk so, shows up. Yeah, so I like see, I, Turk. I like Turk. We can keep having Turk appearances. Yeah, uh, he's been good. I'm still waiting for him to be Stilt Man. I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, now, at this point, this is where things actually start getting really a little interesting. So they start talking about Danny saying, "Hey." Maybe Colleen should take the Iron Fist and not me. And I'm thinking I'm in. So mm-hmm. let's let's do that. Because they, they've come be up with this plot to get him <clears throat> back and perform the ceremony again to reverse uh, yeah. it reverse to get the, the process yeah. back out of Davos mm-hmm. and into Danny. Mm-hmm. Danny's like, you know, when I had it, that's all I wanted to do is go punch stuff. stuff. He said, mm-hmm. so I don't deserve it. You know, I don't. I don't. I, I can't trust myself with it. You know what I mean? So will you do this, Colleen? And yeah. first she's like, no. She's like, right, no. But know. at the end of the episode, we actually see Colleen makes the fist. Yeah, I'm like, really? yes, uh-huh. they did it. And then the episode 10, 30 seconds in, it, she loses it again. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. But uh, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to have to kill her off because there has to be some reason for, for Danny to want the fist back. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I was thinking. It's like, right. great. Right. We're going to kill like one of the highlights of right. the season. Uh-huh. They didn't do that, though, so... Um, so we get, you know, get to the end. Uh, she ha- has the fist just briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never get to see a powered typhoid Mary, but they do talk about this third personality. So I guess they're dangling that out there that <laughs> right. maybe there's another there's another personality that's supposed to be more dangerous. Really got her out. Yeah, of that. more yeah. dangerous than these other two. Maybe so, we'll have a bigger budget next season, uh, and we can actually do some of that. Yeah. So. Um, the the best part is actually at the very and it, well I guess well the best part was it's only ten episodes no um, shorter season only yeah. ten episodes no, I, right. did, I didn't know that yeah yeah so it's only ten I was surprised when I got to the last episode it's like wait a minute this right. is the last episode I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be twelve or thirteen of these right. and they only did ten but they kind of do this epilogue where Danny's going out to find himself well it takes Colin, a ward with him takes ward with him um, you know Colleen still has the fist but then we meet up with Danny and he's now packing guns. But he can also channel the iron fist through the guns, which is so a it's lead fist. Which well, <laughs> but it's <laughs> slug fist. The um, the or, there's an Orson Randall character that mm-hmm. they go looking for, and that is directly from, from Immortal, Immortal Iron uh, Fist Matt Fraction. And the, that the was gun Danny's wielding. predecessor, mm-hmm. right? As yeah. the, and I think they mentioned is he the one they show the video of before. I think it's possible that found footage that they Maybe, did. Maybe, yeah, yeah, that they showed. Um, I think so because that was like World War II era. Yes, because he was taking out like Japanese soldiers and everything, and that was where Orson Randall's from. Right. Is he mm-hmm. serves in that? 
as Iron Fist during that. And there was there was another name that they dropped, and I can't remember it now. But when I heard that name the first time, I thought that's also from the Matt Fraction and oh, yeah. Iron Fist mm-hmm. storyline. And then they talk about uh, Colleen Wing has an ancestor who was a pirate, and well, there's a pirate Iron Fist, oh, yeah. and so that almost maybe potentially explains how she was able to take the right. Iron Fist because mm-hmm. she may have had an ancestor that was part of that legacy um, as well. So, uh, so. I, so that gives me a lot of hope. The problem is, I don't think your your regular viewer is going to get the Matt Fraction right. stuff. Right. Yeah, I, you know, and I don't really want to see Finn Jones shooting guns. I want right. to see yeah. a real martial artist doing real martial art right. moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and then I guess I think this is the first time this has happened. We get our first post credit scene yes. in a Netflix series mm-hmm. where it really is just the teaser for, for Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil season oh, okay. three. Yeah. Well, they did that with the Punisher with something. Did they? they? Yeah, like maybe Defenders or something. Hmm, okay. I can't remember what show it was now, but they did well, that. Okay, so I guess I need to go back and see that. Cause yeah. I probably missed it yeah. if it did happen. Yeah, it, was, it was at the end, I remember. Yeah. Um, so I do have, I do again, It was the second season was better. Not a lot better, though. Still yeah. pretty still pretty mediocre. Yeah. I'd much rather see Iron Fist th- Season 3 be Daughters of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so... I, yeah, I mean... It's horrible whenever you say a series is better because they tended to minimize the screen time of the lead. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, that, that, and that's the bad point. Mm-hmm. But also minimizing Finn Jones' screen time also led those other side characters to better performances. I thought mm-hmm. I thought Ward was more tolerable. They mm-hmm. showed him trying to be a better person, you know, going to N.A., doing this. I mean, I'm not I, saying I, it's I, great. I, I like that actor. I yeah, like that guy. Uh-huh. I'd like to see him in a better role in something, right. baby. So him and Danny running around Jakarta or whatever, wherever they're at at that yeah. end, you know, talking about Orson Randall mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and and you know, all that stuff is agreed. It's just like, and you know, Danny does some like Matrix stuff. One of them shoots at him, and he shoots both, both guns, guns, deflects yeah. the bullet, yeah, yeah. and he's challenging the you know channeling the chi through chi, the weapon. Mm-hmm. So is that the immortal weapons? Well, no, the immortal weapons in in. Kung Lao, there's like seven. I think it's I think it's seven, seven different realms or cities heaven, or something like that, yeah. mm-hmm. and each one has their weapon. Okay. All right. So he's the immortal weapon of Kun Lun. And, okay. You know, okay. I think that's what it is. Gotcha. Uh, I, I kind of feel like the three tattoo artists. They were kind of a reference to sisters. one of to one of the other okay. seven cities. So they just didn't use them in that way. And I could be I could be wrong there. Okay. But uh, but yeah. So I, like, I gave it like a very good so 4.0, which is still a step yeah. up from the first season, but still not great yeah. compared to the Punisher. I'd, get, and I'd probably give it a VG plus. Like yeah. I said, by the end of it, a lot, those last four episodes, I, you know, last time I messaged you guys, said I got four and a half episodes to go. I, I pretty much sat down and binged those four episodes. Mm-hmm. So I got more into the story. Yeah. It's just that it wasn't great. Performances were bad. But the story, I felt compelling enough. to was like, oh, I want to watch another. Oh, I want to see how this ends. You know, mm-hmm. so at least I felt that, which I never, ever for a single moment felt in the first season. No. You know, so. So, yeah, VG plus for me. So. And Dan can't rate because he didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can't. It wouldn't be fair to rate. I mean, I tell you what, I'm not a fan of dinner parties in a superhero kung fu show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, do you guys think this is just they don't want to cancel a show? Do you think we'll get more Iron Fist just because they've made Iron they Fist? They won't admit yeah, they want <laughs> to with this. Yeah. But yeah, and then have was, you noticed that like the ratings on that thing? It's like four and a half stars out of five. You know, if you look at the there's you, well, you can't rate them anymore. Yeah, oh. just, it's just thumbs some, 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 some oh, down. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so, so why are they know, even doing that? I, I don't know how they're even getting sure. those ratings. Yeah. So yeah. well, that's a pass fail then with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just thumbs up, thumbs right. down. So huh. that might be. And, you know, it's like for me, most of the time on something like that, I, I've watched some terrible superhero-related stuff, and I will give it a four or five because, like, whenever Netflix does their evaluations, I want I still want stuff like that to show right, up, be recommended yeah. to uh-huh. me. I don't want to miss, a you know, a, something comic book-related just because I started ranking, you know, Iron Fist and whatever poorly, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I want to I, – so I'll sometimes give those much higher ratings than I would have they just so I can, you know, see all that stuff show yeah. up in my feed or recommendations or whatever. So. Right. So. Yeah, the other thing of that is, I didn't realize there were only ten episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a full season. So right. I'm like, well, no I did way. too, and I was no in way it. I'll get this done. By and the I just started doing the math, you know, because they brought up it says Iron Fist like twenty three episodes. I'm like, so there's thirteen, 13 last year. 10, so, yeah. <laughs> so is yeah, there only ten? Yes. yes. Yeah. Nice. And that was for the best. Oh, so, it was. Yeah. I can imagine dragging that any longer. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. I can't say it was good, but no. I mean, there were some good <laughs> moments. Yeah. You know, and like you said, ended up with hope. That yeah. was that was pretty good. So, all right. So we good. Good. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this episode of Campus Comics Cast. Uh, again, you know, if you have an opinion about the stuff that we've talked about tonight, we would be glad to discuss it with you. Come in here. Dan's here Saturdays, and we'll be flying solo this coming Saturday. I don't know if this episode will be up by then. Not Probably not. <laughs> but uh, but we're both here most Saturdays, and always, you know, that's one of the great parts about a local comic shop that you will never get at a Walmart <laughs> is like those discussions of, you know, of what's going on in the world of uh Geek Insert culture, comic I guess. Make, comic book guy voice there. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all right. So, I guess that'll do it. So, that'll be it from uh, Campus Comics Cast. I'm Mike No. If you want to, you know, here we are at six one at uh, eight sixteen East Main Street in Carbondale, Illinois. Give us a call six one eight four five seven six zero one one. Check us out on Facebook. You can message me there. Like and follow the podcast and scott scott reed at bird comics b-u-r-g comics.com has a link to my ebay store facebook page uh some other stuff i post on there every once in a while but most of my information is found on the facebook page and dan brown uh, you can find me online at detective 651 uh on uh twitter dvnr and wordpress uh, i'm kind of wrapping up inktober on my <laughs> twitter so doing a drawing every day on there and finishing up the 31 halloween comics for october on my wordpress blog so check that out and if you don't have enough things tweeted to you enough then be sure you follow dan because he likes to tweet and retweet That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess that'll do it thanks for checking us out and uh, we'll talk to you soon